Hi guys, welcome to episode seven. This week, Tony and I take a really meandering exploration of dreams, sleep and caffeine and how those things all impact on each other. Are you a person who has been a little too successful at creating a career, living your ethos as a family-centered person, studying, hustling or grinding? When we do things a little too successfully, we become so busy and overwhelmed and can feel like something has to give. Some things are non-negotiable, but what if we told you there were plenty of ways to strip back and detox your life? Simple changes to kick the chemicals, habits, food and mindsets that are toxic to you. Come with us, reduce the decision fatigue, take small steps to less consumerism and more creating. It's time to strip back. G'day. How are you? Welcome, everyone. Here we are on episode seven. Seven. Of, um, season one of Stripped Back. And today we're going to be talking about, um, it's a bit of a follow-on from last episode where we were looking at bullet point journaling. And today we're going to um, expand on one particular piece of that bulletproof journaling you were talking about, Tony, which was um, the that you said that you wrote your dreams down in your journal. So I guess what I wanted to know is why you included that in your, in the bullet journaling because you it is very tight form of journaling. Why that and what why is that important to you? Well, yeah. So um, so as we said before, like you know, bullet journaling is for me it works because it's um, very um, succinct. So it's very um, short and. Um, you know, a quick way of um, sorting out my thought processes and whatnot, I guess, for want of a better description. Um, and dreams for me is an important factor. It's something that I used to. Well, I've actually literally just gone into my, my tiny little library there and I've pulled out one of my old books from when I was a teenager, the Zola's Encyclopedia of Dictionary or and Dictionary <laughs> of Dreams, should I say. And this is, like I said, from, you know, Hmm, 30 something years ago, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great because um, my sister Anna, and I'm going to tag her in this episode, we, she had a dream journal, and we religiously, as teenage girls, looked up our dreams every morning, spoke in depth about our dreams in vivid detail, and probably bored the hell out of other people, but we thought it was fascinating. And um, yeah, so. I'm so glad you've still got your dream diction, di- diction, uh, dictionary and, I'm, and I must ask her if she still has hers as well. That's so funny. So like you said, it's like clearly been important to you about your dreams um, and like trying to reflect on them and learn something from them. Um, what do you what do you think has been something like some of the things you've realised or um, – you know, can we talk about are your dreams um, symbolic of other themes in your life or what? What's your take on, on what dreams actually are? Okay, so uh, for me, I think that dreams are a way of my mind trying to make sense of what's happening around me. Um, and I 
yeah, I do try to, yeah, just make sense of life a little bit through my dreams. I mean, at one point in my life, I was definitely, um, as a teenager, you know, you could even go to the point where you'd say, all right, so, hmm, am I awake and dreaming or am I asleep and I'm awake? Ah, so you had lots of experiences with lucid dreaming? Very, yes. Okay, that's so interesting because I know just through meditation what I've learned is that a lot of people actually see lucid dreaming as a step into enlightenment and um, it's a skill that can be taught like meditation. So for those people who don't know, lucid dreaming is where you have that feeling where you can actually change the directions of your dream. Um, you've, you're, you're, you're aware. You're aware inside the dream. So sometimes people don't realise whether they're asleep or awake. But, yeah, that's fascinating. Do you think as you got older you did less lucid dreaming or did you actually develop the skill even more? Uh, so life has a tendency, as we've talked about, getting in the way. Uh, so, you know, there are periods where things are just manic when you're awake and, uh, you know, you kind of, or I've, you know, at points have lost touch with it. Yeah. But it's something with the bullet journaling that I've tried to reconnect with. So, as I said, I've made up my little cute, I love it, my little cloud icon that I draw each morning and I just, when I first wake up and I spend that first, you know, five to 15 minutes depending on how things have gone um just recording down um what things. you dreamed about yeah that's amazing uh what about some simple things do you um have you noticed that you dream do you dream about your real life much or do you are, are these dreams set in places that you don't really recognize quite often they're set in places that i don't actually recognize so you know um i've good example was last night I was actually dreaming of um, zombies and basically <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's a good one to, to reflect on. Um, yeah. Are you going to have to look it up in the dream dictionary since you got it out and find out actually, what about zombies. There you go. Let's see if this actually has zombies <laughs> yeah. in here because this was before, you know, all the different TV shows that have come out. Wait a minute. I've got vampires in no. there. Let's keep flicking through. There's got to be. The, the undead have to be in there. Um, that's so funny. So um, do you do you dream every night? Do you remember every night dream? And the reason I'm asking these questions, listener, if you're listening and going, doesn't Brooke know this, is because I don't remember my dreams. And I, I hope I am still dreaming, but I just can't remember them. And um, I get so worried. I've always thought I dreamed, I, I dreamt so vividly when I was young and then it went away. And I often put it down to um, the years of <laughs> not going to sleep but blacking out. So, <laughs> and I thought I must have just broke that part of my brain that remembers my dreams or that dreams. Um, well, after I got sober, I did dream a little bit more than I had. But now, once again, I'm back to where I can't remember my dreams. So I'm fascinated by other people's dreams. I Yeah, I don't know if, like, um, you know, they do say there's a very small window when you first wake up, when you're kind of treading between being awake and asleep, and often the alarm doesn't help this either. If you, I, I tend to beat my alarm up, which is great, because that way I do have that little window where I'm kind of floating between wakefulness and sleep, where I... Yeah can quite vividly recall what I've dreamt about and I'll often have several dreams a night um, 
but yeah, if the alarm, you know, if I'm if I'm there until the alarm goes off, poof, I've I have no hope of trying to recall it because then it's like ping, oh my goodness, and my day starts, and that you know is yeah. kind of yeah. Okay, so there is some things we can do. So I think I should probably keep my journal, one of my journals, next to my bed, so I can and make it maybe go to sleep with the intention, yeah, like that I'm going to remember my dreams because, yeah, I miss it and I had such not just vivid dreams, but um, I had a lot of dreams where uh, reoccurring dreams over my life. Um, if you have you had reoccurring dreams through your life? I have had um, reoccurring dreams. I'd be very interested to hear about your reoccurring dreams. Um, dreams about being in, uh, for some reason, um, crocodile infested waters. I'm not, but someone that I care about is in danger. And for some reason, I can't get them to get out or take the threat seriously. That's a reoccurring dream has been, um, probably in the last 10 years. And, um, when I was younger, I used to dream about being in a car driving along a road um, and a house on a hill and sugarcane around and a mountain sort of in the background. And I actually dreamt about that reoccurringly and then as an adult went somewhere and saw that exact scene and remember sitting in the car just going, oh, my God, this is from that dream. That's amazing. So, Did you buy that I'm, house? No, I didn't. It was just a, a it's just a house. Um, and it's actually between here and Cairns, on the road between here and Cairns. And for a long time when I first lived in Townsville, we never went to Cairns because I was a uni student and we didn't have a lot of money. So yeah, it was the first time I drove from Townsville to Cairns and this place was there. And I dreamt about it multiple times for some reason. Um, and it's not a very impressive house it's like an old what I'm assuming would have been a worker's accommodation for the cane farm anyway very strange um and I still walk and even when we drive past it now I still go oh look there's that house from my dream but I just the first time I drove there I just remember being in just like blinking my eyes shaking my head that that can't be right that that I've dreamt of that place do you have a good so. feeling associated with it or a um, it's, I don't want to go there. It's definitely not a feeling where I want to drive down the road and go there. So I guess it's a feeling of unease, but it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, I'm not drawn to it. So like, but I, yeah, no, definitely not drawn to it. Yeah. More of a, oh yeah. A discomfort feeling. So I'm not sure why. So I've here comes that. my past, you know, my my past tipping <laughs> but you know I actually think um uh, oh here we go so I very much like to believe that you know this isn't the only life that we've actually been here for um and I think that everyone we're connected to this time we've been connected to previously and um absolutely do, do you do yeah I was gonna say I do yeah. you have kind of inclination or you know yes I do and I read I don't know what book I read that that had first brought this to me but I read a book that that so this must be a theory a reincarnation theory that you are re, reincarnated with with people 
um, multiple lives. So, but it might that your husband may not be your husband. It might have been just a friend or a brother yeah. or yeah, yeah. So no, I agree. And there's definitely been places I've gone in my life where I've gone. I've def like I know that feeling of deja vu was the scientific description of it, but yeah. no, there's places I have been where I I know too well, or I've been before, or I almost have memories of there, but yeah. And so people I like you come across you just like I I've never met you before, but I know you. Like I feel, yeah. Yes. Yes. That thing of saying, do what do we do we know each other or do you know me from somewhere? Because I feel like I know you. <laughs> or just an instant um understanding. Like you know, you understand their motivations and everything, and you've really just met them. Oh, so interesting. Um Okay, so did you look up your zombie? Yeah, it's not in here. <gasps> I know, and that's the beauty of the internet. So nowadays you can just go online, which is what I tend to do nowadays as opposed to, like I said, this is the first time I've actually picked this book up for Yonky Donkeys, and I'm just looking at some of my reoccurring dreams. A lot of my dreams involve water and being in water, um, and that's uh, depending on the water can be, you know, quite cleansing, Um Oh, so it's not necessarily, it's not a bad dream. of your Not always, struggling. no. And even, even like, you know, they say when you like to dream of things that ordinarily you would think, oh, that's got to have a, you know, some kind of bad meaning to it, not necessarily. Like they can, um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily yes. mean that. So that, well, that's interesting because that's very much like not that it's related but things like, it's about our, the symbolism that we attach to things. So say when people are getting their tarot cards read and they get the hanged man and they always think it's death, but it actually means transformation. Yeah. Because death, life to death is the ultimate transformation. And I think that that kind of, that kind of really deep symbolism probably is reflected in dreaming as well. Like, you know, um. Yeah, just because you um, something's happening, and it's and and do you think related to the feeling you have about it too? Yes, you know, like oh, I was laying on the bed and I and I dreamt there was a snake, snakes all over me, but I wasn't frightened. That's the more important part than the actual event this, happening in the dream. Yeah, your emotive response to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's so interesting. Um, so do you? What about sleep? Do you how do you sleep these days now? And have you and ever had sleep issues? <laughs> um, <laughs> she laughs. She does laugh. So well, it started when I graduated university yeah. and became a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and I never slept again. Never the end. <laughs> yeah, so shift work. That's a good one for you, isn't it? For every shift work out there, or shift worker out there. I'm sure they can all empathise with how, although, you know, there are some people I know who um, oh, I'm completely envious of them. They can, their uh-huh. body is just, my dad is a brilliant example of that. He can, has always been able to, yeah, head to pillow, fall asleep, sleep through, fabulous. Whereas my mum, and I take more after my mum, I think, or obviously because here I am, 43, and I'm still doing the same thing. I've never been a particularly uh, consistent sleeper. 
So I have had to develop, well, I haven't had to, but I have developed some habits to try and um, improve at, my at sleep. Pure, yeah, and add a pure survival because it affects everything. Yeah. So, okay, so what are some of the things you had to maybe let go of to start getting a better sleep or develop to get a better sleep or to actually start treating getting a sleep like it needs a routine? Oh, definitely needs a routine. You need that good kind of um, sleep environment, I suppose. So, you know, they talk about in your bed space you should limit the amount of um, electronic devices, um, you know, that 30 minutes beforehand they suggest that you should, again, get away from our electronic devices. They talk about dropping your temperature or well, actually, no, taking a nice warm shower so that when you do go before bed, when you do go to rest or sleep or whatever, your temperature actually starts to drop and that helps to um, get you off to sleep. Um, there's really some great technology out there now with regards to your phones and computers and stuff that limit the amount of blue light because that's, um, yes. that's another big one for, you know, with regards to your melatonin. Um, what else? Limiting the amount of caffeine, they actually suggest that you should limit the amount of caffeine you have from about 2 o'clock in the afternoon onwards. Yep, because uh, it can take up to 12 hours to metabolise caffeine. I had no idea. I, I just, yeah, and, and that is something that I definitely, yeah, introduced unless, like, no caffeine. The, la the latest in the day would be 2 o'clock and, and uh, occasionally I might have, uh, like very occasionally but yeah it because it, it does affect my sleep my ability to get to sleep i um so i used to yeah just i used to live on caffeine that was basically coffee was my drink 24 7 wake up coffee probably 10 coffees in the day kind of thing that was just to try and keep functioning you know and then just before i go to bed have a coffee or oh, whatever i haven't <laughs> i know i've actually i haven't had a coffee since october of last year no way. Okay. I know, right? Buckle up, listeners. We're going into a whole new thing. Dreaming talk is over. What the hell? And we have some nurses listening. Are we horrified? Yes, I am. <laughs> what? I know. Uh, having, let me caveat this with, yeah, eight to ten cups of coffee a day, even if it's yeah, instant. And that's me being conservative to say. You know how you like you talk to okay, so for the nurses out there or for people who work in health, <laughs> when you talk to somebody about, you know, so how many alcoholic beverages do you, you know, do you consume in a day? Oh, you know, I may have like, you know, three, <laughs> definitely <laughs> double that to, you know, because that's usually where we all want to be um <laughs> you know, accepted, you know, and be seen to be um normal. <laughs> what, you know, what we perceive other people think they want us to hear or want us to say, should I say? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So yes, I drank a lot of coffee. That's fantastic. So cut that out. Okay. So we, let's go back. Where was the point where you were? Clearly, you loved it too. You loved it. Yes. Clearly, oh, yeah. you got to a point where something had to give. What was that point? Why, why, what, what, what physical or emotional symptoms did you get before you went? I've got to stop, man. This is this has to end. 
Well, coffee actually for me. So the reason why I gave up coffee, I um, I went down. I, I went to a um, I went to a vegan expo mm-hmm. down in Brisbane last year and they had a whole heap of really great presenters there and they were just talking about you know the different effects of diet and um on hi tony we're back sorry about that small technical difficulty you were telling us about the vegan expo you were at. yeah so um in october of last year <laughs> <laughs> i um Yes, went down to Brisbane and went to the Vegan Expo um, and there were a lot of really great presenters there and they were, you know, we're talking about uh, diet and how it impacts on your health and uh, caffeine was definitely one that they mentioned there and they were talking about, you know, how it can impact on your sleep and just, uh, you, you know, general well-being. I guess one of the other uh, big influencing factors for me was some time ago I'd also, and I don't really recall where I read it or where I saw it, it could have just been some random that I saw on Facebook in all honesty, but they did an experiment with spiders and um, forgive me spiders, forgive us spiders. But anyway, they exposed spiders to, you know, a whole heap of different drugs. So there was caffeine, LSD, um, uh, anyway, a whole heap of different drugs. And the one that really got me was with the caffeine. Um, they then analyzed their cobwebs that they yeah. made after they'd had the exposure and the Spiders that had been exposed to caffeine, their cobwebs actually all came out with holes in their cobwebs. So instead of being, you know, beautifully formed, they had big holes all through them. And that to me, like, put with everything else was like, right, I need all the help I can get. And I don't know if it has helped or not in that respect, you know, my thought processes and whatever. But, um, but yes, that was one of the main influencing factors. For me. <laughs> well, I know that trial that you're talking about and, they yeah, they've got ecstasy, they've got, yeah, like, all the different drugs and, yeah, the spider's webs. It's very interesting. So if you've got a chance to look it up, look at, yeah, the the spider drug web photos because it is. It's fascinating. But I didn't think to look at the caffeine one. I don't remember it. But, yeah, so you've improved. Most of the time, yes. And I think, um, and I don't think like, you know, obviously there are so many factors that impact on your sleep, what's happening in your day, in the world around you kind of thing. You know, if I'm trying to process stuff that's been going on. Um, so I do believe that it has helped my sleep to have taken caffeine out of my diet. <laughs> okay. Now the big thing, if someone was thinking about doing this, um, how did you cold turkey how did you do this did you did it take a lot of planning did you just organically do it oh okay yeah um that's all right (laughs) so um i forgive my hesitation i have actually shared all this but obviously that was in the part that went missing (laughs) this is part of technology i talked for ages and then it's like oh we're not connected anymore (laughs) So, so, so what I ha- yeah so I um I did go cold turkey the uh, first twelve hours were great no worries at about the twelve hour mark I got an excruciating headache that probably lasted for about three days Holy and then uh, yeah but after that it's been no worries at all 
it's been fine. So there was definitely a detox period in there for me. And, you know, for somebody who was drinking um, an excessive amount of caffeine, which, you know, if you talk to any of your GPs or anybody will tell you, well, you know, it's not really good for you. It's like, oh, but I was using it to, well, I thought I was using it to function. Um, yeah. What about Those 12 hours, great. Do you remember being tired? Like, because that's the reason I know I like I think I need it. You know, like you say, you I feel tired. I'll drink coffee. I'll have a uh, coffee. Yeah. Did you feel like a rebound fatigue after you stopped? Do you remember, or it wasn't noticeable that you can remember? Oh no, the headaches were the worst. Honestly, like there was, I'm not gonna lie, they were they were mean headaches when I first gave up coffee. Um, like, you know, you'd pop a couple of Panadol. I'm probably not converting anybody here, but even the Panadol didn't seem like it took the edge off. <laughs> and <laughs> I have had caffeine withdrawal headaches just because I've gone too long. And I've been like, you know exactly what you need to do to make it go away, which is drink caffeine. <laughs> so. I know. And, and previously when I have actually, you know, because it's not the first time I've tried giving up coffee, previously when I have stopped drinking coffee, it's like, you know, you just have that, one drink of coffee, poof, bang, headaches gone, done, perfect. Yeah. But yeah, no, persevered through it. it. Don't remember having that rebound fatigued. Um, not to say that it wasn't there. You were probably but... just so relieved the headache went away that you were like, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so that's amazing. Um, I have yes, I have given up coffee from time to time. I always go back to it. It's my last vice. And you <laughs> and you will pry it out of my cold dead fingers. <laughs> and you know, it may be that I too will, because that's you know, it's something that's actually really social. So before you know, social isolation and all that sort of stuff, yeah. it was you know, once a week catch up with you know different friends or and you know, and then at another time catch up with family and perfectly you know normal part of the routine let's go out and grab a coffee or so you know I've had to substitute for other things do you drink other forms of caffeine or like do you drink no do you, so do you don't drink tea or not I don't drink I don't drink black tea mm-hmm. um I do drink so I drink like red tea which um so uh rubus yes I but drink- that has no caffeine that's right, yeah. I drink um, a lot of, like, peppermint teas and fruit teas. That's been my substitute. Yeah. Um, chai would probably be my biggest um, exposure yeah. to caffeine nowadays. That's awesome. And I, absolutely, you. I don't think people get headaches from, from tea. I don't, I'm a tea, I don't know. You, people will have to inform me whether people become that addicted to tea where they get a headache if they stopped but a withdrawal headache from yeah I it always know. seems to be more coffee drinkers absolutely okay so oh that's so interesting um yes no i oh i know because sometimes when i've been very anxious and not been mentally very well I often think about that because I can, like, I will be so stressed when my anxiety is bad that I feel, I don't know if it's my paranoid <laughs> delusions, but I swear I can actually feel the adrenaline being squirted into my bloodstream, like, and I, and I think, 
oh my god I really shouldn't be drinking coffee like I just know that pouring that on top of this when I feel like that is probably not right and probably making it worse (laughs) but I need it because I'm I'm so reliant on it there was that uh, (laughs) this is hilarious um so you heard me talking about the one coffee that I have had in that whole period of time since October no so you have had one coffee tell us (laughs) so so I um in that whole period of time, I think it was a dirty chai I may have had or such, or it was it was like some random drink. It wasn't a dirty chai because it was literally it was a random drink that I had that a friend ordered for me. I didn't think twice about it. And you know when you see kids when they have like sugar and you can actually see their pupils dilate and their whole, <laughs> you know, <laughs> manner changes and they become quite, you know, Woo! so um yeah, so I had this drink, I drank it all. Oh, no, it was a cold. It was a cold. What was it? Oh, anyway, it was some kind of nice cold, milky type drink. It was delicious. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And then, um, yeah, experienced that whole, like, um, bang of, you know, hyperactivity kind of thing and then realised, oh, my God, it actually is caffeine. So <laughs> I do, you, you definitely get a hit off it. So that is, that's interesting because we become so, like, really we don't feel the effects. Like you'd feel the first one in the morning maybe. Be tolerant, yeah. yeah. And then you've got this perfectly caffeine-free system pretty much and you drank it and it's like was, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like uppers coming on. Oh, that's so funny. That's so, yeah, exactly. I can just well imagine. Because I remember the first time I drank coffee and I, um, my heart raced the first time. I was a teenager. I was trying to be very sophisticated and drank a cup of coffee and <laughs> had heart palpitations. And I remember saying to my mum, oh, that's terrible. I'm never drinking that again. I don't want to feel like that. Fast forward to my 20s where I was like became a nurse. And my mum used to say, you know what, you won't drink because I was like, I don't really drink tea and coffee very occasionally. And she said, you won't until you become a nurse. And, ju- the, yeah, just like that, that's exactly what I did. Do you think a lot of nurses are using caffeinated drinks um, as a energy solution because it's easier to get down than having a meal in their busy Definitely. Lives? For that whole time factor thing, yes. Time factor and... Yeah, just just that, just really that. That's the number one reason and the instant effect. And um, I've definitely noticed when I was teaching, uh, you know, undergrads nursing that they were very much into not just coffee but energy drinks as well. Yeah, that's been a huge thing, hasn't it? I've never, because, um, yeah, I, I feel crook if I, I, when I have had energy drinks, like I haven't had an energy drink since probably since my night clubbing, you know, when you yeah. mix those alcohol Actually, and energy I do drinks. Think and... one night years and years ago in the city, we we went um, Palmer Street. I don't even think my kids were born. And Mick was there and we were all there. with. And I'm pretty sure we were drinking vodka and Red Bulls. Yep. But yeah, and that's just not a good mix. No, that was probably it wasn't 15 for me. years yeah. ago. It wasn't for me either. I would go home and think... I was dying when I tried to lay in bed. Or another night, John had Red Bull and something all night and came to bed. And when we went to bed, I remember him looking at me and going, 
I don't want to like alarm you, babe, but I think my drink's been spiked. <laughs> I went, He's like, I think I'm on speed. And then I was like, what did he describe his symptoms? I went, wait a minute, you idiot. You were drinking bloody Red Bulls or not? <laughs> Jaeger bombs. And he was like, ah, yeah, okay, fine. I was like, I still can't sleep. Yeah, that can't be good for you, hey? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, it can't. Can't and it did get to like when I first started working out in the gym, uh, or like over since I've had the kids, I'd go, oh, I'm going to I'd buy supplements from a supplement store and take uh pre workout. Have you ever taken pre workout? No, okay, so this is it's horrendous, it's pretty much powdered energy drinks, high, wow. high levels of caffeine with other supplements that. Um, <laughs> are supposed to, you know, uh, kill your appetite and thermogenic, have thermogenic activity. Anyway, they're usually totally overrated. But what they do do is um, like with the, we went, my adult niece lived with us and we went through a stage where we were trying all these different ones. And um, it was quite, she got this one in America that they didn't, when we went to the States and she brought it back. She's like, we, we finally opened it. She's like, well, that's got to be awesome because, yeah, you can get way more in the States than you can yeah, here. So she's like, try <laughs> this. And I went, oh, okay. Anyway, I took this thing and 10 minutes later, like the hair, it, like I could feel the goosebumps on my arms, <laughs> um, my head, the hair scalp was crawling and, um, <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah, perhaps not. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like <laughs> crack in there or something. <laughs> I don't think we should be. But man, my workouts were great. <laughs> I was the fastest one in the gym. <laughs> what were you doing, cardio? No, wait. <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, I would have these terrible effects. Like, it would totally trigger my anxiety, but it would because it was like um you know affecting my sympathetic nervous system in such a way that I was get and I would get stuck in these feedback loops of I'm not even anxious but it would just put me into an anxious state so I gave up on the pre-workouts and um because all they ever did was they make you very dehydrated they usually have a bit of a diuretic effect so you might pee off a bit of fluid but yeah you're better off um, and when I started following more natural um, uh, trainers and stuff, they would say, you know, just have a if, – if you're feeling like low in energy, just have a black coffee before you go work out. That's enough. <laughs> you don't need to have pre-workouts. Uh, okay. Well, I think we should wrap up. <laughs> because unless you've got anything more to talk about no no that's been um that's that's definitely covered a whole so we started I've named, range of <laughs> i've named this podcast um what i call it dreams something and caffeine oh dream sleep and caffeine so I, I think that it's a um definitely something to talk about and yeah and though we may have been right, on a more so rambling uh, <laughs> to, to wrap up, what are some of your good sleep hygiene habits? Okay, for me, it's about as boring, boring self care. Okay, so this is treating yourself as there's you, nothing boring about self care. Oh, I know, I love it. And but the thing is, is there's excite, there's there's sort of cool self care. 
And then there's the boring stuff that takes a lot of self-discipline. So this stuff does fall into that. It's not all face masks and, you know, essential oils diffusing, even though that is so helpful. But for me, it's maintaining the same bed, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time time every day. That's absolutely something took me years to work out that that was a thing and it works and I feel so much better for it. Um, What else? Avoiding caffeine after two is definitely something I implemented into my life with really good effect. Um, How about eating? Oh, good question. So um, making sure I don't eat too close to bed. But the yep. other thing is, is um, through my 20s and probably after I had the kids, I like I, I did a lot of dieting and I dieted. Dieting was sort of my hobby. I did. I know that sounds weird, but I would go on. Not at I'm all. pretty self-disciplined. So I'd go, okay, I'd read up and I love research. So I'd read up all about keto and then I would put myself on a keto diet and stick at it for I, actually – you helped me once on a keto diet years ago. You won't remember. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. But um, so what I worked out is if I went to bed on a severely calorie-restricted diet and I went to bed hungry, I would always dream that I was in a shop um, putting makeup, buying makeup and putting makeup on if I went to bed Amazing. hungry. I don't know what makeup's got to do with it, but that would always happen if I went to bed hungry. So I don't go to bed hungry anymore. And another little tip that I've worked out for me recent, like in the recently, but I mean in the last two years, is that when my anxiety is bad, I wake up with it. So I will wake up with a racing heart, like that's like it's like that time of day. So journaling helped me try and work out. And, my, and that's that's weird because then as the day goes on, I feel better, and then you get to the point where you don't want to go to bed at night because you feel you you sort of feel normal in the evenings, like you've you've been anxious all day, but it sort of okay. eases. And I get I would get frightened about going to sleep, knowing that I was going to wake up, and before my I'm even conscious, I've got this I'm having this reaction. So the things that helped me with that was eating. Um, I linked it to my blood sugar dropping. So I would make sure I ate um, slow-burning carbs before bed. Something that would burn slowly overnight because I started to link it that, um, yeah, to the point where there was nothing left for me to cut out. Like I was doing the work. I would left the stressful job. I was meditating. I'm you know, doing all the things, everything's happy at home, everything's good. Why am I still waking up like this? And, yeah, blood sugar drops is a big thing for me. I know that now. So carbs before bed, if you wake and you feel anxious, is probably a great tip. And diffusing. So I would diffuse. Um, I don't do it now, but when I was coming out of that bad anxiety time like because I I was I always refer to it as you don't I don't I've let go of the the dream live fully without anxiety I I all I do is manage it and sometimes like and sometimes so when I was in remission and I was actively I diffuse at bed um and through the night that would help with that morning anxiety 
compared to when I didn't. So they'd be my tips. Diffusing bed relaxation blends and being aware that some will have the opposite effect. Um, so work out what right, what's right for you. Um, eating a low burning, a slow burning carb before bed, and not going to bed hungry. <laughs> and what was the other thing I said? Routine. routine. Sleep at the same time. Wake up at the same time. Very boring. That that's hard because you do think when you've given up a lot of things, you start doing. Yeah, but this hour when everyone's already in bed is my hour to be on social media or to watch this show or blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, don't get trapped into that. That's a great tip. Thank you, Tony. Well, we will wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks. That was a good – it was a rambling chat, but I think people will get something out of it. And please remember, everyone, if you have something you'd like to hear Tony and I talk about, don't forget to drop us a line on Facebook. You can message us and um, or if you know us in real life, you can talk to us. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for another great fun. day. Thank you.